Welcome to episode five of Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast, where we give you all sports and no bullshit. Uh, for a quick little intro here, I want to announce that I'm switching away from SoundCloud. I know it's sad. Uh, currently, I'm not in a position where paying for webcast hosting is feasible. So I'm switching over to the Anchor.fm app, which is a great app, and it's a free app, and it makes having guests so much easier. So quick shout out to Anchor.fm, uh, which is where my podcast will now be hosted as well as still on iTunes. So, you know, if you're willing to wait that extra couple hours, I always refresh it, my iTunes, and then within a couple hours, the new episode tends to appear. So that's that's good news. Um, other than that, we got a jam-packed episode here today for you. Uh, I'm going to have my good friend Roger. You might remember him from the first episode um, back on. We're going to talk a few things, NFL draft, uh, NFL futures, like teams, players, etc. Teams that need a future QB, and then we're going to talk about early MLB MLB action. And then I'm going to ask him some final thoughts. Uh, after that, I'm going to do a quick little Red Sox rant, which hopefully won't take too long. I don't want to overly bore you guys with my hatred for some players. Uh, then I'm going to briefly discuss the Major League Rugby debut. I love rugby. I'm glad we're getting it in America, and I want to talk about that for a little bit. Then we're going to switch right back over to the NBA playoffs. Lance Stevenson, Celtics, Spurs. Then I'm going to give you some heart-to-heart on the NHL and where it sits in my heart and where it sits in my mind and kind of my thoughts there with those play-ups going on. Then I'm going to give you some final thoughts. And those are going to be quick, short. Hopefully this episode won't be too long, too drawn out. But Rogers should be just about ready. I'm going to give him a call, see if he'll answer. And if that that happens, then we're going to keep right on rolling with this podcast. Oh, no. After some technical difficulties, we finally have Roger on the Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast, and we're going to jump right into some NBA draft uh, questions. I want to talk about the New York Giants and Gettleman and their plans for their top pick. However, with Saquon Barkley being rumored, I lost you for a second, Seth. What'd you say? I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll repeat that for you. With Saquon Barkley being rumored to be number one, who do you think the Giants are going to take and why? Well, I would argue that Saquon Barkley won't go number one. I know the Browns did not work him out. They did not have any private interview with him. He did not have dinner with any top executives from the Cleveland Browns. So I'm pretty sure that he will not end up going number one. Now The question is going to be, who do the Browns end up taking? And does that affect how the Giants go? moving forward with their pick. If, for some unknown reason, the Browns take Barkley, I would expect that the Giants would trade down with a team like the Buffalo Bills, who hold picks 12 and 21. All right. I'm going to input my own little information on the Patriots. I think, even though we do need a quarterback, I think we'll do something similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll take, we need wide receivers, and we need defensive ends and and rushers. I think we're going to take those guys with our first-round picks. If we don't try to trade up, that's what we're going to do with those first-round picks, and then we're going to take a QB in the second or third round. However, uh, that brings me to my next point. What do you think of the holes on contending teams? Do you think the Patriots will be able to fill their their holes at the wide receiver, cornerback, and defensive end positions? Look, as long as Bill Belichick's their head football coach, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, they generally, they generally speaking, like their hogs up front, and they like drafting them early, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Keep in mind, though, they do like trading down, and the Patriots already have a lot of picks of their own in later rounds. 
So I would not be surprised if you see the Pats trade down at any point. All right. Uh, moving on. Dallas without Dez. What do you think they're going to do to fill that big target? I'm not really sure what Dallas is going to do down there. I mean, they've seemed to put their offense centered solely around Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. I really don't know what they're going to do in terms of a passing game. They don't really have a lot of options. I mean, I'm sure they'll go to the draft. They have a middle-of-the-road pick in the first round. So, I mean, we'll see what they end up doing. But I, I would fully anticipate them going after a wide receiver first round. They desperately need one. So, I mean, we'll see what they do. They, I believe they have the 19th pick in this year's draft behind the Seahawks. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what they do moving forward. Where does Dez go? I have my thought. I want to see what your thought is. Where does he go? Well, I I expect him to be a Redskin. I you know he said he wanted to really? stay. I think he wanted to stay in the NFC East. The Eagles do not have the cap space. The Giants certainly do not have the cap space. I think the Washington Redskins is his next destination. See, I really think the Giants are going to find a way to draft him, I re- or to sign him, rather. I really do. I really think the Giants would love having that tag team pair of Odell Beckham Jr. and Dez. As Bryant, I feel like that would give Eli the type of weapons he needs to try to make one last playoff push. Um, however, moving on, there are four teams that clearly need a franchise QB and need to draft a, a franchise QB now, and that being the Patriots, Giants, Steelers, and Chargers. Do you think all four of them will? I, I'm not sure if any of them will. I mean, I could see the Chargers possibly drafting a quarterback. I mean, they, they have their eyes set on Baker Mayfield, so there's on the Cardinals. Possibly Lamar Jackson could be thrown in that mix as well, but I, I would not be surprised if none of them end up drafting a QB. Look, they all have starting quarterbacks. So they're still pretty competent at the position. I know that there's been some questions about Eli and what his status is in New York with a new regime and Pat Shermer and Tom Brady, obviously, the 40. You're never really sure. And then obviously Rivers, Roethlisberger, same draft class as Eli, so same age, but I don't, I don't see any of these teams drafting a quarterback, at least in this year's draft. Uh, this, year, this year's draft class has been pretty uh, peculiar in terms of the quarterbacks. I'm not, we're not really sure what to make of them. They're supposed to be strong, but I, I, I still hold my doubts with a lot of them, so I don't think any of these teams are drafting a QB this year. I couldn't agree more. I could not actually agree more. However, I do still stand pat with the Pats taking a QB. See what I did there? Um, Taking a QB in the second or third round. Uh, However, my last NFL thought before I move over to some MLB real quick. uh, Who is your Super Bowl prediction for next year? Who be two? Oh, this early. I mean. It's it's early, but I have mine, and I'm pretty confident about mine. I'm looking at the – We'll start with the AFC. I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs under new okay. with a new quarterback, young gun, Patrick Mahomes, and I, I think it's Mahomes. Oh, yeah. I think Continue. it's I think it's about time that we see a new team in the Super Bowl from the AFC other than the Pats. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then for the NFC, I think it, it's possible that Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they were really close last year. I know, wow. they, got, I know they got blown out by the Eagles, but they. They got the quarterback they wanted. They they paid through the nose, but they got him. And everybody else is pretty much coming back. So I'm going to go Vikings, Chiefs, and I think – Who wins? I think the Vikings. I'm going to go the Vikings on that one. Well, we have the same Super Bowl winner. However, I disagree with the AFC. I do think the Pats make it back. I do think they find a way to, to fight through the AFC. They always seem to. And, you know, we have a record of beating up the Chiefs 
especially in the playoffs. And I think I do think, however, our holes are not going to be filled enough to beat a strong Vikings team. Minnesota Vikings are going to get their their first uh, Super Bowl victory. Uh, however, I want to switch over to MLB real quick while I still have you for a couple more minutes. Uh, MLB season, especially the Red Sox. Wow, it's been they've it's had been some, a hell of a year. They've had some really good quality wins. I know they've dropped two to the A's recently, but seventeen four, I believe, correct? Seventeen and four, baby. That is impressive. They hold a five and a half game lead over the Yankees. Have pretty firm control of the AL East early. I'm pretty late. sure it's two and a half over Toronto, and they face off tomorrow. Um, and I believe it's still ten and a half over Tampa. No, over Balt, over Tampa, and eleven over Baltimore. Okay, yeah, the AL East has been extremely competitive, and the Blue Jays have come off to a hot start. So we'll we'll see how it shapes up as we go into May. But in a way, it hasn't. Like, how often before May? Can you say two teams in your division are completely out of the race? Well, I mean, you could you could see that the Rays were not going to be really competitive. No, I get, I get that, but ten games out and you're and you're not even in May. That's what happens when teams. Uh... And it's not just one. Like it's not like having the Phillies in the NL East. It's two teams. I wouldn't sleep on the Phillies. They've they're a pretty good balls club over there. No, but I'm talking about historically. You know. Yeah, I um, understand what you mean. I want to touch on a main topic of discussion. I want to see what your opinion is. The Manaya no-hitter, Benintendi, is he safe or is he out? I, th- I think he's out, and it's, it's, one of those <sighs> things, it's one of those things where you don't – we're going to you scratch your head at it, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna argue over it at, at the dinner table, but I – you're damn right we're going to argue it. I think he's safe. I, I agree with Andrew Benintendi. The base path is three damn feet on either side of the line. You're three feet. If you proportionally, thinking proportionally, your arm span is the length of your height. So even if you're six feet tall, which I believe Benintendi's like 5'10", his arm is not more than three feet long, and he was able to reach the base. So how is he more than three feet out? As one as Seth, it's one of those calls that it's made in the spur of the moment, and it's it's tough to take back a call that you're not really sure that you can overturn. I mean, no, it's, it's, the original ruling was safe. Oh, really? was, on the field was safe. The crew chief and the umpires got together and said he was out of the base path. I did not know that. That's good to know. And I agree with Ben Intendi. Ben Intendi to the game. If we have ten hits in that game already, I'm safe. I think I agree with that. Two outs, seventh inning, and a no hitter. I wouldn't disagree. I think he gave him one. I think he gave him one. You know, it's really sad. Sorry for that. We had some technical difficulties. However, we were just about done with the conversation. Uh, I was just simply stating that uh, I hated to see that. I hated to see uh, Ben and Tenney getting robbed of a hit and the A's being granted and out just because of it was the middle of a no-hitter. Then I wished him good luck on the rest of his collegiate wrestling season. Or, sorry, his season's over. But on his training, his team lifting for uh, spring, summer club, and then for the rest of his uh, NCAA career.
So we're going to move right into our next segment, which is one that I hold near and dear to my heart. All right, it was great having Roger Moyer on our podcast, episode five. But I want to get right into a rant that really I've been waiting to have all weekend. And I think that's kind of what spawned this new episode and trying to find a new place to host my podcast online. Uh, and that's Sandy Leone. I have a real issue with Sandy Leone. I mean, he's not a bad catcher, but I don't want him starting over Christian Vasquez. I really don't. Um, you saw Sale on Saturday night when the Red Sox were no hit by Sean Manea. And yeah, obviously you can't win when you're not getting hits, but it doesn't help when your pitcher isn't hitting the strike zone either. And I know obviously like sale was way off and that could have happened with Vasquez in the lineup with Swihart in the lineup. However, I do think part of it has to do with uh, trust with your catcher. You got to be able to trust your catcher. Uh, Sale has been a stud all year with Vasquez behind the plate, even in that bitter cold Baltimore game. He was a stud. And Saturday night, he just he couldn't hit it. He couldn't hit the strike zone, and, and that really bothers me, and that really frustrates me as a Sox fan. You know, I would much rather give Swihart a start a week versus Sandy Leone. I really think Swihart at least has potential, is quick on the base paths, and his for average, where Sandy Leone, yeah, he can hit a couple bombs here and there. But if he's not hitting bombs, what is he really doing for your team? You know, he's kind of a defensive liability. He's not terrible. He's not, he's not, he's not like uh, Jared Saltalamaki a bad. But he's just not reliable. You can't rely on him. And therefore, I don't think we should be giving him starts. I don't think we should be giving him contracts. Um, but that that's my own personal opinion. Um, Jumping into my next piece of uh, knowledge I want to spread, it was Major League Rugby's inaugural inaugural match this weekend. They played three matches this weekend, and I want to say they were the, all three were pretty great, especially the New New Orleans Gold versus the Houston SaberCats. That was a match where New Orleans was down early in the first half, was down I believe twelve points, twelve nothing. Stormed back, had a lead fourteen to fourteen to twelve at halftime, and then just dominated from there. They were up twenty four twelve at one point and continued their domination and won by, uh, I believe it was ten. However, it was not as spread out as it seemed. Houston, in front of their home crowd, came crawling back, got it down to a one possession game before New Orleans put them away with a try in the last couple minutes. Um, and there was excellent fan turnout, even though some of the weather conditions were not ideal. The Houston game didn't look like the weather was that great, but the fans still turned out, and that's key. That's something that's really key to note with a new league. Uh, several teams, including Seattle, the Seattle Seawolves have sold out all, all but one of their home matches, which means they're already making a profit, which is a good sign for teams. Uh, the, uh, the Utah team, uh, the Utah Warriors, they sold out all their, all their 1,800 VIP club tickets for all of their, uh, I believe they have four home matches this year. Excuse me if it is only three and I'm wrong, but they sold out at least three, if not all four. If they do have four, they sold out the fourth with those VIP club tickets, which means they're already making a profit. That is a really good sign to see for a new rugby league. It's especially great because it's one of America's fastest growing sports with all the issues with concussions in the NFL. People are tending to lean more towards rugby as it's a safer alternative. You know, there's a lot more technique into the tackling, which prevents a lot of those concussions and head injuries. And I personally love rugby and it's, and I'm, and I'm loving the turnout. 
Uh, mostly the teams are in the West right now, for those that don't know. New York is definitely joining next year, so there will be an East Coast team. And then your two easternmost teams will be the New Orleans Gold. And then the uh, I believe they're calling themselves the New York Rugby Football Club, NYRFU is what I believe they're going by. Excuse me if I'm wrong. However, there's hints that there are going to be two other teams in that mix. Now, for the moment, everyone's been waiting for the NBA playoffs. The block, the Milwaukee Bucks blew a 20-point playoff lead yesterday afternoon and allowed the Celtics to crawl all the way back. However, they did win. They needed a last-second Giannis Antetokounmpo tip-in in order to win a game that they held a 20-point lead in. You know, I as a Celtics fan, I love seeing the Celtics claw back, but they can't let themselves get that far down. They've constantly, since Kyrie's been out, have been letting themselves dig these huge holes. And yes, Brad Stevens is a great coach. Yes, Brad Stevens has always been great at crawling out of those holes. But eventually in the playoffs, you dig yourself in one too many. And I think we're getting to that point in where... We are going to end up losing to a team we should have won against in the Milwaukee Bucks. However, I do think the Celtics uh, will find a way to claw back. Hopefully tomorrow night they'll be able to figure it out, turn the tide, and gain control of the series. In the other matchup that I really loved from yesterday was the San Antonio Spurs and the Warriors. The uh, San Antonio fought off elimination by holding off the Warriors 130-90. Great to see the Spurs keep fighting when they don't have Popovich and they don't have Kawhi. They were led by LaMarcus Aldridge, who had a 22.10 rebound night. Finally, L.A. has shown up in the playoffs. It was great to see after he just completely disappeared in last year's playoffs. I'm glad to see that he is back. He is finally in full form, and he's taking his talents into the playoffs. This is his chance to really make a name for himself in the playoffs, and I really hope he does so. He's a great player. He's a heck of a power forward, and I think he can continue to dominate at this level. I really do in the playoffs, and that would be great for him and the Spurs. It is especially time for him to step up with Kawhi being out and with Popovich not being able to coach. My last little uh, NBA segment for you today is I love Lance Stevenson. Gotta love Lance. From the ear blow a couple years ago to shoving and scratching and clawing, Lance finally pushes LeBron over the brink and gets him to shove Lance. LeBron got called for a technical foul. Even though they were tangled up earlier, he finally gets on LeBron's nerves. It's the first time in their few years of agitation that Lance finally gets James to crack. It is a sight I love seeing. I love it when you're able to get into someone's head and cause them to not play the way they should. That was my thing as an athlete. I love being that guy that would get in your face, that would get you off your game just a little bit. Uh, however... However, the Cavs did win 104 to 100 to even up the series at 2-2. I still, and LeBron had a heck of a heck of a night. If I remember correctly, the stats were 32, 13, and 7 out of LeBron. But still, it's great to see Lance be able to get into his head and be able to be able to shake him up a little bit. I love seeing that, and I love Lance Stevenson. Here we go. NHL and final thoughts. Uh, brutally honest, I don't talk much about the NHL. I'm sorry for that for you guys that love the NHL. However, I haven't really watched much NHL since 2012-2013 besides the Bruins. However, I'm starting to get back into it, but uh, I don't know much going on around the NHL besides like the Bruins and the Lightning. Uh, however, you got to tip your cap to the Bruins who have had one hell of a season. And they should be able to close out the series tonight and move on to face the Lightning in the second round. Uh, good luck to them. Hopefully they win. Final thoughts. Hopefully the stock can bounce back tomorrow. 
on Tuesday versus Toronto with Porcello, who's 4-0 with a 1.4 ERA, versus J.A. Happ, who's 3-1 with a 4.5 ERA. Also tomorrow, hopefully the Celtics can win game five against the Bucks at home. So far, the home team has won every game. Maybe get that advantage, that leg up, that they need to eventually win the series. I want to thank you for listening. Drop some shit in the comments, like you always do. Uh, other than that, have a good day.